0: Today on We Need to Talk, we talk more about personality, what it is we need to talk. talk. All right, let's move on to the next personality intervention here, and that's going to be extroversion. So, extroversion is a big five personality trait associated with positive emotion and enthusiastic, assertive approach to the world. Extroverts tend to experience a lot of joy and excitement, particularly in social situations. Extroversion is commonly understood to be a social dimension of personality, because social status and interpersonal affiliation are some of the strongest human goals and rewards. Accordingly, extroverts are more likely to enjoy the center of attention and tend to want to have a lot of people around. People who are high in extroversion make spontaneous, fun, enthusiastic partners who are motivated to seek out thrills and excitements people who are low in extroversion, also called introverts, need much less stimulation and therefore seek out less social interaction to make calm, quiet, reserved partners. And then it goes into how there's two different uh, facets of that, enthusiasm and assertiveness. But uh, as far as extroversion goes, uh, I think you are not wholly extroverted. I think it's, it's hard to judge you because... I, I think you're extroverted because you force yourself to be and so but I think personality wise you're less so uh, but I'd, I'd say you're you're close to average so I'd probably put you at uh, 45 is, is what my guess would be it's a little hard to, to say because uh, we've had conversations where you, you say you don't like social interaction or not that but you don't you know you have a hard time with it and that you're not entirely comfortable with it. So I, I I do think you like being around people. I do think like interacting with people. But I think you like alone time uh, and that you, you, you need less stimulation. So th- that that's kind of my thought. Okay. Uh, I did get less than the 50. Uh,
1: I'm in the 20th percentile.
0: What? For extroversion.
1: Really? Um, I'm actually an introvert. And this is something the Myers-Briggs test told very well and explained very well that most people who meet me think I'm an extrovert but I'm an introvert and it's actually very strenuous for me to be extroverted I've just made myself get good at it to the point that people think that I'm extroverted but I think a lot of that comes from me being able to like put uh like put myself out there and like put massive amounts of effort into everything I do, even if it's not something I want to be doing. Uh, I can make it seem like it's it's an okay thing, but I ver- get very drained very quickly being around people.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's kind of the, the sticking point or the, the misconception around extroversion, introversion. People think that, mm-hmm. oh, if you're extroverted, like you do well with people. Like you could be extremely introverted and do great with people. Like people yeah. might mistake you for a people person. But after that whole social engagement, you'll just, like, go back to your house. You don't feel energized. You just, like, want to crash.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely, I get very drained being around people. That is for for sure, for sure. I know Batgirl says she's an introvert, too. Uh, I I could have guessed that one pretty easily. Um, I think for you, Nate, you're, I think you're introverted as well. Um, You do a good job around people. Uh, and people like you, but I don't think it—that's what recharges you. I think you're you're big into to thinking, and uh, you being being able to just do you is is important to you. Um, so I'm gonna put you low on on extroversion. Uh, I don't think you're super assertive, and I don't think you're super uh, on the enthusiasm side. I think you're probably higher on the enthusiasm side than assertive. I think you're probably very low on assertive. So I'll actually put you somewhat near me. I'm going to put you below 50, maybe third. I'll go 29, 29th percentile. 29th.
0: Hmm. Mm -hmm. So I am 28. Oh, I was so close. (laughs) That's twice. Now
1: I've got within one.
0: Uh Yeah. I would say everything you said there was correct. Uh, I I have to force myself to be, you know, more of a people person, kind of, like, outgoing and everything. I've gotten all right with it, depending on the circumstance. Uh, but it, it's hard. And more so, like, if I have a social event, like, I just feel drained after. Like, sometimes I get this thing where it's like, I'll have a big event, I go home, I lay down in bed, and... I just start getting with these flashes, almost like I'm almost dreaming, trying to process everything. And it, it's it's really annoying. Uh, and I, I just need to come down from social experience and stuff like that. It's really fun. Like that time we went to those strip clubs, like mm-hmm. a lot of fun. But it's like my brain after just couldn't calm down. And it was really uncomfortable. Yeah. So and by brain, you don't mean dick, right? <laughs> well, they're one and the same sometimes. Okay, fair enough. So going to these two aspects here, uh, we have enthusiasm and assertiveness. So let me just pull up uh, enthusiasm, and I'll have to read that meter. Enthusiasm is an aspect of the big five factor
1: extraversion. Enthusiasm is a measure of a person's motivation to affiliate with other people, their tendency to show their positive emotion, and whether they seek stimulation and excitement. People who are higher in enthusiasm are excitable, happy, And bubbly they laugh and smile more than others and people find them communicative and easy to get to know people who are lower in enthusiasm are more reserved and more neutral in their emotion they laugh and smile less than others and people tend to find them more difficult to get to know i think you're below 50 in enthusiasm hmm yeah, I think you're below 50 in, in in enthusiasm because I don't think you're like trying to be the center of attention. I don't think you're s- trying to be a standout. Um I think you're good at like showing that like you're not dissatisfied when in, in in public. You can laugh along. I think you would you would be quick to laugh if you find something funny in in public uh, and in a in a social setting. Um and I think people can read you uh at least okay, but I, I think most people would, would probably struggle. So I think I'll put you below fifty, maybe high thirties, low forties. I'll go thirty-nine
0: for enthusiasm. Thirty-nine? I am twenty-one. Oh wow. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think that score reflects more of my base personality because there's a persona I put on top of things. All right. And the persona is there to kind of like ease social situations and everything. And like my base personality is more just kind of like dry and technical and boring. And, and maybe there's some enthusiasm there, but like here on the podcast, it's not me like when I'm just kind of like thinking alone. Mm-hmm. And, I'll put I'll put kind of that stuff on there, but it's it's more it's more for other people. It's kind of kind of a display because something I learned a while ago is that emotions are a means of communication. Or ha, ha, l- 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 let me make that more clear. If I talk to people and I have no sort of like enth- enthusiasm in my voice or the way I speak people have a very hard time placing that, interpreting it, and they don't know what you're saying or what you're feeling because something like 80% of conversation or dialogue is like uh, nonverbal or something like that, communication. So a lot of times I eject it in there, not for myself because that's the way I'm feeling, but because that's how other people will understand me best. You know, whether I do it well, probably not, but I-, I think that's probably a lot of what you're describing there. Hmm. So for you, I would guess you would be. I think you're probably more towards the average, but maybe slightly below. Uh, it's a little hard to judge. Uh, I wouldn't say you're happy and bubbly, but I, I, I think you're. I think you're kind of like me in that kind of way. Uh, I think people have a easier time to get to know you, uh, and I, I think you know more what's relatable with people. Is kind of the factor in that because like you can kind of like find these like these inroads like super easy with people. So I would say you'd be uh, higher than me, but I wouldn't say you're on the higher side. Uh, I might be wrong about that, but I'm gonna put you at. Uh, uh, it's tough to. Do. I was thinking 35, 35 to forty five. So let's say let's go let's go in the middle forty.
1: Okay, uh, I'm below fifty. Uh, I am two second percentile what for enthusiasm which i think is probably fair really yeah uh if if you were like i get all the time people who say that they don't they can't figure me out they don't know any they don't know anything about me they don't and i think i i definitely agree i am able to connect with people and like find that connection and But I think that's more about me understanding them than the other way around and me conforming to try and get to where they're at versus showing them where I'm at, if that makes sense. Being like, oh, here's a thing I know that you'll respond to versus Mm -hmm. here's a thing that I respond to that hopefully resonates with you. Um, And I definitely don't seek out... um, you know what? What this says: stimulation, excitement, activity, or fun, extraordinarily, uh, uh, or extraordinary events. Mm-hmm. Um, so hmm. highly solitude, solitary. The the pandemic was great. I didn't have to see anybody. It was wonderful.
0: Hmm. See, my surprise with that is mostly because you do partake in a lot of social activities, like D and D. Like these sports tournaments, uh, not like yeah. real sports, but, you know, uh, e-sports mm-hmm. and y- you do a lot of those things. So uh, like, I-, I would guess you're more like that. And I-, I suppose maybe my perception of you is a little bit different than other people's because like, obviously I don't understand you fully, but I think you have a good grasp of who you are. Like, mm-hmm. so-, so I think maybe that's a big factor in in, in, in my judgment there. Maybe that's where it's a little bit of a blind side too.
1: Mm.
0: Fair no I, I
1: force myself to do a lot of those things because it's important to be a re- well-rounded person to have those experiences to be a part of communities. Community is important to me. I would prefer not to physically have to like do things to do that. I if I could if I can solitarily be a part of a community, that is <laughs> ideal to me. Uh, that's why the internet is great because I can do that. I can be at my house. And still be a part of a community, still be taking part in things um, without having to, like, actually go someplace and be around a bunch of people and their weird energies.
0: Hmm. hmm.
1: I think I'm very energy
0: sensitive, so I'm I'm kind of standoffish to that. Right. Yeah. And I guess that makes sense. Like, I, I guess it's a matter of how much of the personality are you putting on. Like, not in a bad way, but how much of the persona might be the, the word. Yep. Yeah. And how much are you forcing yourself into those situations as opposed to that's your natural sort of thing? Same with me. Yeah. Like like I might have a little bit of pep in my voice, but is that because I'm putting that on or is it because that's how I actually feel? Mm-hmm. The- yeah, I get people say that
1: they can't read me, they don't they don't know what I'm thinking or whatever all the time or how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh and my my monotone and deadpan are very well practiced. So people can't take much. And I choose my words very carefully and people notice that. Hmm. So I get that a lot as well. You, it, you're well-spoken because you choose your words very specifically because you're not adding emotion to it. It's things are how they are. And that's how you say them.
0: Hmm. See, I have a hard time reading you that way. Like, I think you're very straightforward. Oh, Mm -hmm. uh, Anna saying, yes, yep, you do. So she agrees with (laughs) that. She does. I think you're extremely straightforward and I think you're very easy to read. Like I think you're quite the opposite, but maybe that's kind of the thing. People kind of interpret like more of the, of the, uh, the tone in everything with what you're saying, as opposed to the actualities of it.
1: Well, I think that when you don't project that people assume that means that things are being hidden. Mm. And I think you understand that that's not what I'm doing. It's just like that that's all there is like what i'm saying is what it is and most people will say okay well there's more that's being hidden that i need to dig and find out and the truth is there's not like it mm. just is what it is and i'll tell you exactly how i feel if you want to and that's what i tell people if you want if you want to know something ask i'll tell you anything just be ready for the truth because if if you don't want the truth then don't ask hmm. and i don't think a lot of people can pick, can follow that um at least up front so it adds like an air of mystery that realistically isn't anything, but mm-hmm. yeah. I'll use that to my advantage.
0: It's kind of one of those things where if, if you don't have like a motive or like some people will assign until your motives, if someone's being a little bit too straightforward, like mm-hmm. why would you be saying this unless this mm-hmm. no Occam's razor might explain it best, but those people might be in situations where they get caught up in stuff that they, didn't analyze and then got, got screwed. So it, mm-hmm. it, it might be a little bit of a negative negativity bias there too. I th- and I think you're more
1: on the line, you're more on the lines of having ulterior motives than, than I am with things that we say. And I, I don't mean that necessarily in a bad way, but I think that you, you're more likely to have like, I, I said this or did this in a particular way because I know it will elicit this response versus i said or, did it that way because that's just how it is to me mm-hmm. um, and again not necessarily a bad thing on either side just I think that that's that's a truth that gives you a, a higher enthusiasm score than me because you're you actually put more into into things and I don't I don't generate that excitement um, or want to do those outward things as much yeah
0: yeah uh, I think the way I've described that for myself is I'm very calculative I mean, mm-hmm. not always. Uh, it's like, if I'm caught in improvisational state, a lot of times I'll just kind of say what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times I get very, very calculative. And some people can see that as a little bit psychopathic. I don't think that's mm-hmm. true. I think it's just that the case that people aren't as conscious of the calcula- calculations they're making. And when someone is more conscious of those calculations, uh, mm-hmm. it, it, it just seems really kind of strange. Yeah. Like the, no, I mean, that sounds like how
1: a psychopath would explain it. Yep.
0: Okay. I, I, I'm glad. I'm gl- God damn you. Glad we're on the same page. So assertiveness. <laughs> so uh, assertiveness. I forget who read the last one, but I'll read this one. I, I did. You did? Okay. So I'll read this one here and post it in the chat. Assertiveness is an aspect of the big five factor extraversion. Assertiveness is a measure of a person's motivation to put their ideas forward influence others, and achieve social status. People who are higher in assertiveness tend to advance their own opinions, communicate in a captivating manner, and climb to leadership roles within their communities. They are sometimes prone to acting impulsively and may also be prone to heated arguments, especially if they're also disagreeable. People who are lower in assertiveness tend not to advance their own opinions, may communicate in a less dramatic, less captivating manner, and are not particularly interested in leadership or social status within their communities, though they can still be good leaders. So for certainness for you, I think you would score uh, higher than average. Uh, I I think it's a little hard to judge you exactly, but I'd just probably say you're 65% because I do think you're, you push your ideas forward. I do think that uh, you, I don't think you care about social status as much. Uh, I think you do a bit, but I don't think you're like, you know, extreme with that. Uh, I don't know if you care about influencing other people, but I I do think you like being heard and having your thoughts expressed and kind of listened to. Uh, I don't think you're prone to getting heated arguments or act impulsively so much. I do think you'd make a great leader. Uh, You know, people will comment that you'd make a great politician. uh, And I think that's partly to do with your assertiveness. Uh, so that, this kind of, this kind of my leaning, you're probably going to be actually lower if, if I was to guess, but this is my perception of you. So 65 is what I'm going with.
1: Okay. Uh, I am 68. So you were very close. You, I wasn't lower, but you were still within the five. So, mm. um, and yeah, I think, I think you're probably right on with that. Um, I, I'm not afraid to say what my opinion is. Um, you know, I probably won't make a big argument about it unless it's very, I'm very passionate about it, but otherwise I'll just, okay, we disagree. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do tend to end up falling into leadership positions just by, I guess, happenstance or that's just how it kind of goes. And I, I'm not afraid to take action or be assertive if necessary. Um, but not to the point that I seek out those positions specifically. So, yeah, I think you were pretty much right on with that. Um, I think you're a, probably around average. Man, it's hard. This is, like, right on. I think you're going to be right on, right near that line. I'll put you above, but only just. mm mm-hmm. I think I think you are a good leader. Um, I don't think you necessarily want that role, but I think when you're in that role it's you're good at it and you understand the bits and pieces and how to move things but I think it's more from like a technical standpoint than it is from like a uh, interpersonal leadership standpoint. Uh, but I think people respect you. Uh, because you are knowledgeable and logical in your decision making. Um, but uh, social, I don't think social matters too much to you. Um, obviously, you said like your appearance matters. So I think that plays a role in uh, the social uh, dynamic. But I don't think it's to the point where you would like change things about yourself to have a higher social standing. It's just you would take a little bit of effort to do so. Um so I'll put you at like just above 50, like literally
0: 51 or 52. I'll I'll go 52. So I rank at 41. Oh, okay. So what a little less than you thought, but uh yep. I think all your everything you said there was accurate. Uh I can't say anything was wrong with that. Uh I think I'm less assertive in some ways because it's like I i I'm a little too deferential in some mm-hmm. ways. And maybe that's the politeness kind of uh, interplaying there a bit. But it's like getting my ideas out there aren't necessarily like 100% important to me. Like a lot of times it is, but I'm also very wary of my ideas because I have a lot of ideas and most of them are bad. So, you know, there's things I don't understand. So uh, I'm less likely to kind of put forward my ideas because I'm uncertain of them even if they might be a great idea, they might be a terrible idea. A lot of times they're not fully thought out. So I I would say I'm less, uh, I'm also just less likely to be assertive, more, more, like, I don't know. If push comes to shove, sure, but I'm I'm not quick to push back on things, Mm -hmm. uh, which, you know, I've gotten better with in a lot of ways. So I, I think I could be higher in this dimension, but... I'm, I'm not terrible. I'm not like a pushover in any way, and in the way that I'm most assertive, kind of what you're talking about with leadership, I, I think that is kind of how people saw me as a leader. Like the people who there's some people who didn't like me when I was a, a manager, of course, mm-hmm. but uh, a lot of people just loved me and they would like follow me because they trusted my skills and my judgment, and mm-hmm. it's more like about that sort of thing because they they hated bosses that just kind of didn't know what they were doing and just kind of like just kind of like yeah. winging it.
1: I think the impulsiveness is something that we didn't even take into consideration, either of us, and that's a big part of this, Mm. where I think I am much more impulsive and you are not impulsive at all. You'll sit on a decision for six, ten weeks before you would make a decision that you're not sure of. Uh, How many many things have you left sitting in a shopping cart because you're like, "Ah, I'm going to wait three (laughs) weeks before I buy this in case it goes down 50 cents?
0: Uh, yeah that that's kind of me like yeah I, I just defer my decisions <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. the, the, so if I had been thinking impulsive I probably would have put you below 50 but uh-uh. that's that's why we learn uh-uh. We're learning
0: Yeah, yeah uh, uh, with that said I, I wouldn't say I'm super impulsive but I can be impulsive if my mental fatigue is high like mm-hmm. I, I think that's with everybody like if I go into like a, a shopping market and I'm hungry I'm gonna buy the whole store mm-hmm right it's just it's just a factor of that or if if uh if i'm just like super fatigued at the end of the day i might buy something you know actually probably not but i'll think about buying it then i'll start doing a lot of shopping and stuff and start like this thinking uh mm-hmm. and I, I do put a lot of things in my shopping cart and just forget about them and you know it's like oh yeah do i need that thing eh, nah i wonder if there's
1: a combination of because like there are a bunch of this is completely off topic there are a bunch of things that can trigger you to be to feel like hungry, right? Even if you've just eaten, like I wonder if there's a specific combination of small things that can trigger like minor bits of hunger, like smell, color, sight, um, things like that, that might be able to be combined in a way to increase total purchases made within a store. Hmm such as uh, when you first walk into the store, there's, you know, they, they, well-documented, they put milk as far away as possible. So if you're just running in to pick up one thing like that, milk and bread is usually in the back. It's because then you have to walk through the whole store to get to those minor items that are perishable. You can't get delivered, things like that. And the more things you walk past, the more likely you are to buy one of them, especially with impulse decisions. That's why they have candy and stuff that registers because those are impulse buys while you're standing in line, looking at stuff. Oh, I'll just buy this little thing. Uh, but I wonder if there's a way to like trigger that almost Darren Brown style by having you walk through, like it starts off with things that would be an appetizer mixed with smells and, and, uh, sights and colors and then to main course and then to dessert, like wood smelling marshmallows when you enter a place, make you more hungry and more likely to increase your purchases, total amount spent throughout the store than something else. Hmm. Do bake? Would you would you buy more if Walmart smelled like a bakery? Hmm. Is a is a question I have, and I would be super interested to see something like that going mm. going into effect.
0: Yeah, yeah, like a full sensory experience. Yeah, mate. Oh, we need
1: to start a marketing. Hold on, TM, TM, TM. If we need to start a, we need to start a marketing firm. Uh, called. We need to shop, and we need to. <laughs> we need to do some sort of scientific study that just skews in the favor of what we're talking about, and then sell the full sensory shopping experience to any one big organization and be millionaires
0: okay that's our idea don't take it please uh, I, I still think my idea is better of selling Hannaford the theme song to you know like the, the parody of stacy's mom Hannaford, they got it going on they got low prizes and their own theme own song Shaws, why can't you see you're just not still for me I know it is absurd, absurd, but but I'm in love with Hannaford. Wait, we just need to sell that to Hannaford, and make them just make the arrangements with Fountains of Wayne, and just make millions. That's a
1: very well, Nathan. That's part of the total sensory shopping experience. (laughs) Hmm. Think about it. (laughs) And then every once in a while, you just hear—you don't hear, but you hear. Subliminally in the background, like them whispering things to buy. <laughs> Marshmallows. Chocolate syrup. Hmm. You don't realize you're hearing it, but you are. <laughs> and anybody who's listening to this who eats s'mores
0: tonight, you're welcome. Hmm. Hmm. So, Neuroticism. neuroticism. <laughs> Great transition. Uh, Thank so, you. so let's see. This one is you, I think.
1: Neuroticism is a big five personality trait associated with a person's propensity towards negative emotion versus emotional stability. Simply put, neuroticism is a measure of your sensitivity to negative emotions such as pain, guilt, shame, sadness, irritability, and defensive anger, fear, and anxiety. People who are high in neuroticism are prone to negative emotion. They frequently feel unhappy, anxious, and irritable. They may be less resilient when faced with problems in life. In the context of a romantic relationship, uh, blah, blah, blah. Okay. People who are low in neuroticism are less prone to negative emotion. They are less likely to feel unhappy, anxious, or irritable. They are likely to be more resilient when faced with problems in life. So it's like that. How how much negative emotion do you end up feeling? um, And how prone are you to feeling anxious and afraid and things like that, all the negative emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're very low. You you have your emotions now very under control. Um, I think you just ignored them to the point of <laughs> having issues before. <laughs> uh, but now I think you have better coping mechanisms. You're able to identify them and deal with them in an, in a better way. Um, but I think that your propensity to actually feel those negative emotions is much, much, much lower. Your sensitivity is very low. Um, honestly, probably super low. I'm going to go below 50. I'm going to go like 11. 11? 11th percentile. Yeah.
0: Okay. I am 14. Oh, Okay. So I think you're pretty much right there. And this one's a little bit tough because I do have, I have a high degree of sensitivity to bodily sensations and stuff like that. And, you know, some other stuff with that. But I think in general, like, my emotional state is pretty much a level. I'm not very prone to anger, happiness, you know, disgust. I'm not prone to many emotions, really. Uh, like, like, like they happen, but they're they're more subtle and stuff. Uh, the one thing I'll say is that I have a high uh, emotional inertia. Like uh, Shannon, who's on the show before, she has a very low of a momental inertia with her. you Know what I'm trying to say? But it's like she can get super angry and then be like great, fine after. Like she can go back and mm-hmm. forth between her emotions like super quick. So she's quick to speed up, you know, quick to slow down. Right. But mm-hmm. me myself, like, it's hard for me to get emotional on something. But once I get emotional, like, it's hard to come down from that. Yeah. Like, if, if I get sad. Okay. Here's an example. Let's say uh, someone tells me that uh, John the Builder dies. And Aww. he's a great friend of mine. And so then I get super sad and, like, everything. And then about five minutes later, they realize that I'm sad. They're like, why are you sad? Well, John died. It's like, no, I didn't say that at all. I said this. And I'm like, oh, it sounded like that. Okay. So most people, they go from like being sad to this being like kind of like, okay, I'm still sad. I'm still sad for the rest of the day. So mm-hmm. I do have a high level of emotional inertia, but it's harder for me to feel emotions uh, like like super fast and like that. I, like it's kind of like I said, the sensitivity is very low, but- that doesn't mean I don't feel emotions, it's just less so. Yeah. Okay. For you, I would say you're higher than me. Uh, but I think you're probably still on the lower side. It's hard to say. Cause I do think a lot of your work ethic comes from a sense of like guilt. So that might point towards you being higher in some degree, but I don't know if that's like a real negative emotion in this consideration. So I would probably put you at I, I don't think you're as close to the average. i probably space 35. Okay. Um I'm six.
1: What? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Negative emotions don't really affect me very much. Um I just keep a very even even keel pretty much. Hmm. And I think that's The opposite is true, too, um, where happy emotions don't affect me to to a high degree either. It's just a very low frequency all the way across. But I don't really get afraid or angry or uh, super irritable. The only time I'm irritable is when I first wake up, really. Uh, Or if I'm super tired. Those are really the two times that I'm very irritable. Um. But, you know, pain, sadness, anxiety, pretty minimal.
0: Hmm. Uh, yeah, now that you're saying that, maybe, maybe I can see that. It's, uh, it, it's a little hard to think you would be more than me, though, because uh, I, I just feel like I'm less emotional than you. But maybe that's just the way you can be yourself. But then maybe. again, my perception of you seems to be a little bit different than other people's perception from this conversation. Yeah and then what the truth is is different than that too yeah. a lot of times. Mm. Yeah, that, that's that's confusing because yeah, I, I would think you'd be higher but I, get, I could see that with you. Uh, hmm. I'm, th- I'm thinking about back in college and a little bit before that when you played Counter-Strike it's like mm-hmm. you would start screaming at the top of your lungs at people and I think mm-hmm. it was a bit of a troll there and I think mm-hmm. it's performative. I don't think you were actually having the negative emotion. Don't, I think sometimes you were because I think sometimes you rage quit. Uh, from time Mm. to time. But I think a lot of those emotions were performative now that I think of it. And I think on top of that, that may not
1: be a reflection of me anymore. You know, that was almost 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Like that was a long time. Actually, I would have been eighteen, going on. No, I would have been 19. Yep. And now I'm 30. So that was more than a decade ago. So Mm -hmm. people change, you know, over time. Yeah. It's hard to to pinpoint each other like that. Like I would put you at a very different spot back then than now too with the same. You probably would have been lower than me back then because you weren't like, you weren't letting emotions register at all. Uh But you've, you've changed. Uh We both have. Everybody has. Yeah.
0: Yeah. uh, One person in my life that's changed a lot in that kind of way, uh, maybe not with narcissism specifically, but my little brother, uh, he... Was very ADHD uh, diagnosed, and uh, he had Asperger's as well, or has it still? But like when he was a child, and kind of growing up into like the teenagehood, he was insane. Like he would constantly be making messes, screaming, running around, punching things. Maybe not punching things, but he, like like uh, it's almost like a wild child. To, like take a take a child that's raised by wolves and bears. And sea lions, throw him in a house, and that was him right there. And I don't know what point this happened, but he turned, like, 18 or something, and he just... Yep. He just mellowed out. Like, like he, he is not that same person. And all that, like, ADHD... Maybe he has still attention issues, I don't know. But he, he is not at all the same. Something changed in his brain during that puberty stage where... He, it, 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 he's just not the same. And puberty's fucked, so
1: it screws your chemical makeup all, all around. Uh, so this one has two
0: aspects to it. Yep. So the first one is withdrawal. Withdrawal is an aspect of the big five personality factor neuroticism. Withdrawal is a measure of a person's tendency to experience negative emotions like sadness, doubt, worry, and to be calm wait, worry, to be calm, reversed, or anxious, and it withdraw from or avoid a certain, uncertain, and unexpected situations. People who are higher in withdrawal tend to feel negative emotions more strongly more often. They may be more likely to avoid uncertain or anxiety-provoking situations unless they are consciously counter this tendency. People who are lower in withdrawal tend to feel negative emotions less strongly and less often. They are likely to feel more comfortable in in uncertain and anxiety-provoking situations, I can't speak, and unlikely to avoid them. Technically, withdrawal has been associated with activity in your brain systems that regulate passive avoidance. All right, so essentially withdrawal is essentially avoiding negative emotions. So the tendency to withdraw. And people who are higher tend to withdraw more and more sensitive to those negative emotions like sadness and doubt so for you, you know based off the other stuff here uh, I would guess you're pretty low I'd, I'd say 10% because yeah uh, I, I I don't think you're very reactive and you know but to, yeah just based off that conversation
1: 10% okay uh, I'm at 12 yep I think I mean I don't know I think we covered this probably both of these pretty. Pretty well uh, up above, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's uh, apparently I, I have less likely to avoid or draw in the face of unknown or unexpected handle can handle new uncertain, unexpected, threatening complex. Okay, so I'm not trying to avoid uncomfortable situations. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's that's fine. Um, lower than normal levels of doubt and worry, embarrassment, self-consciousness, discouragement. I think a lot of that comes from just like, I, I, how I perceive the world is what it is and how others perceive, perceive it and me are a reflection of them, not me. So I don't really worry about all that stuff because things are what they are. Um, and I've accepted that sometimes things are going to be good and sometimes things are going to be bad and they're going to, everything will end up equaling out. So if I just stay right around, right around that, then uh, I'm, I'm happy to take the bad. If it means I get the good and vice versa, like they I'm fine with things leveling out in the long run.
0: Mm-hmm. See, I have a similar principle. Like for instance, if you want say to see hot girls topless, like you have to be willing to see hot guys topless, old women topless, ah oh, okay, or hot guys topless or ugly guys topless. You have to be able to willing to see other things. You can't get yeah. just if you have this general thing like I want to see people topless. You have to be willing to see unattractive people topless too. Like yeah. like there's a mix in bad and good, and you know you can't just be pick and choose. So I think you have the general sens- sensibility there. It's kind of like a nude beach. Like at a nude beach, maybe you go there because you want the freedom of expression and everything. Uh and maybe you go there cause you get perverse nature and you want to see naked, hot, naked girls. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, well, you have to be open to seeing, you know, wrinkly ball sacks. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's just part of the part of the territory. Yeah,
1: that's fair. Um, so I think your withdrawal is higher than mine. Um, I think you are more likely to avoid a situation if you know, it's going to be shitty, but I don't think you're going to, uh, like I don't think it's going to be to a high, a massive degree. Uh, you're probably like right around 20 or so. Uh, so I'll go with, mm, I'll go with 18.
0: 19. Oh, I was so close. (laughs) I almost said that. Yeah. I I think it's pretty, pretty app. I think in actuality, I'm probably more avoidant than this lets on. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's, I don't know. I, I think that's a childhood thing where if I'm in a bad situation, it's usually okay, uh, depending on the cir- circumstance. I don't know. Uh, like, I, I've had times where I've been accused of certain things and I can handle it fine. But it, it if I'm contemplating the that beforehand, I get very anxious and so I'm more likely to avoid it. So, so I think in the presence of that kind of stuff, not as bad, but... If I'm thinking about it beforehand, I can get that hyped up a little bit too much.
1: I think the biggest thing uh, would be that you – I think given your history with being in uh, like super uncomfortable situations and like the the medical stuff with that, like around end of high school, beginning of college, Mm. um, probably pushed you more towards avoiding stuff like that because you had to for literal medical reasons at that time. Yeah. Um, otherwise, if that, if that wasn't the case and maybe over time, you'll continue to drop in the withdrawal scale and, and be less, um, you know, standoffish to, to those types of situations. But I think due to necessity, you kind of got some of those tendencies.
0: Yeah. I, I would agree with that. Cause I, I think it reflects more my natural personality. Uh, yeah. and it's like pathos dog, you know, trade someone enough certain way and they're going to start acting like that. Yeah. Uh, and we'll go quickly through volatility but uh, you know now that i think of it the editing here is getting kind of long and uh yeah i'm gonna cut this up into a third part so hey next week on we need to talk more about personality we're gonna finish this pest and see what else we learn about ourselves about each other about society love life happiness we need to talk